This podcast is brought to you by Laterno University. Laterno University is the Christian polytechnic university in the nation where educators engage students to nurture Christian virtue, develop competency and ingenuity in their professional fields, integrate faith and work, and serve the local and global community. Laterno offers more than 140 undergraduate and graduate degree programs across a range of disciplines and delivery models at Laterno's residential campus in Longview, Texas, and in hybrid and fully online options at centers in the Dallas and Houston areas. Online at letu.edu. That's letu.edu. Hey there, it's producer Michael Miracle here. Thanks for listening to the I Work For Him podcast. We are your on-air resource as a workplace believer. And check out our website for tons more I Work For Him resources. We've got blogs and podcasts and reading material and all sorts of fun stuff there. Plus, a link to listen to the live show several times a day. Yep, head to the website. That's IWorkForHim.com. IWorkTheNumberForHim.com. And the listen tab's up there on the top left. Click that, then click the live link, and you can listen to us live every weekday. That's IWorkForHim.com. I work the number for him.com. And now let's go ahead and kick off what we all came here for, hearing more about connecting what we learn on Sunday with what we do in our nine to five. This is the I Work For Him podcast. Hey, welcome to I Work For Him this afternoon as we're talking. Well, I can't wait to hear for you to hear what we're talking about today as Martha and I have a rare together on Tuesday as we talk about relationships and the power of relationships. And I can't wait to hear from our guest, Ken Sandy. But before we get to him, Really, Martha, we want to let people know how they can connect with us. Jim, there's so many ways they can connect with us, and um, we're excited that we have a website full of information where they can check out pictures, they can link to all of our social media links, they can get to our podcast. Maybe they um, got halfway through, they tuned in halfway through the show and they missed the beginning part. People can go back and listen to shows right on our website, um, as well as being able to subscribe to all of our podcast platforms. I mean, there's just so many things, Jim, that they can do there. But most of all, they can um, find how to connect us on their fam- favorite format. And that might even be telephone. You want wow, to talk about I, that? Well, I'll tell you what. Now you're talking like dark ages, telephones. But we would love to hear your voice. We'd love to hear the voices of our listeners. Contact us on our I Work For Him listener line, 866-713-9675, 866-713-WORK. But while you're on our website, if that's the choice that you take, we'd like to ask you to go out to iWorkForHim.com and click on the I Work For Him Nation flag. This is not a club you join. There's no dues. It is a commitment to making a difference in your workplace. And it goes like this. Members of the I Work For Him Nation commit first and foremost to pray for those they work alongside each and every day. They look for ways to serve people over and above what their job description requires. They look for ways to befriend people outside of the workplace because that's where relationships are born. And out of relationship is where you get an opportunity to share your faith. I work for M Nation members look for ways to pray with people when they notice they're having a rough day. But all along, members of the I work for M Nation are people of excellence in their work position. They should be the number one employee in the category that they operate in within the organization they work in each and every day. Go out to iWorkForM.com, click on the I work for M Nation flag. This is a life changer. You've heard me say it many times, but this is a life changer. When I started praying for the people I worked alongside starting in 2006, that's when I started seeing myself change, my heart change, my heart soften. And I also started seeing my workplace as a ministry place. All right. Relationships, they're complicated, Martha. They're messy. They take time. They take mental time. They take an investment of who you are into another person. Is it worth it? 
Of course it is. Jesus invested all of himself in the 12 disciples and the 72 others hanging out with him. And then he gave all of himself, including his very breath, for each of us. Why? For relationship. Real relationship. So if relationship is so important to our Heavenly Father, it should definitely be important to us. In fact, in my opinion, it's my opinion that without relationship, it's not likely that someone will come to put their faith in Jesus. So how do we get good at all this relationship stuff? That's where Relational Wisdom 360 comes in with Ken Sandy. Ken Sandy's been given wisdom over the decades on how to keep peace and how to build strong relationships. You can check him out online on his website, rw360.org. Ken Sandy, welcome to I Work For Him. Good to be here, Jim. Thanks so much. Yeah, we're just excited to have you here today. As Martha and I understand, we do a lot of marriage mentoring on the side, and so we understand the power of relationships, and we understand the power of the ministries that you've been in. But Before we get talking about the relationship uh, 360, relationship 360, relationship, relational wisdom 360, sorry, my lips just weren't working there, I would love to hear your story. How did you come to be a follower of Jesus? Well, you know, Jim, I was raised in the church. I could probably have passed a theology exam at 15. I had all the answers, <laughs> but I don't really know that I was saved at that point. I did not really understand the, the love of Christ. I knew the rules and the law and all that. But it was actually after graduate school, I went down to California, had a couple of office mates in the engineering company I was working in, and I just saw something very different in them. How they, uh, especially how they engage their wives. They, they were all young. I was not married, but I heard their phone calls. I was invited into their homes. I saw something very different in their relationships. And that's what actually drew me to church. I, I, I saw this common denominator among three different people in the workplace who had very, very amiable, desirable relationships at home and with their workers, everything else. And I realized the common denominator was they were all very committed Christians. And that drew me back to church, and that's when I finally heard the gospel again. I'm sure, you know, not for the first time, but that's when the Lord really opened my heart to comprehend the gospel itself, the love of Christ, and all that Jesus had done for me. That was just where I went to law school. I went to law school and spent three years digging into God's Word and learning law on the side. Wait, 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 wait. I can't have you go on that far. Wait, we got to go back to this, because <laughs> what you just said was so incredible, Ken Sandy, because what you're saying is that Christ followers living out their faith, just being vibrant people of excellence in their workplace, those people attracted you to truth and the truth you found in Jesus, because you all you put in the fact that all these people went to church. To, to study Jesus and to be followers of Jesus. Is that what you just said? Yep. Absolutely. And of course, it's just living out what Jesus teaches in John 13, 34. A new commandment I give you, love one another. All men will know you're my disciples by the love you have for one another, by the relationships you have for one another. So Jesus told us this would happen 2,000 years ago. That is so powerful because that's exactly what we're talking about every day, encouraging people to be authentic 24-7, and that includes our work, which so many of us, um, we struggle with that. We struggle with having our authenticity of our relationship come through in our workplace. Mm. All right. Okay. Now, I'm sorry. Now, then you moved on (laughs) to law school. (laughs) Okay, go ahead, Ken. I apologize, but I had to to focus on that because that's what this show is all about. You got, you got, you got introduced to Jesus in a real manner and said, and saw something intriguing and it attracted you to Christ. That's why we're on the air each and every day. Absolutely. 
Yeah, I, I went to law school and just met another law student there who was also a committed Christian. We looked around uh, for a church, found a really outstanding church that uh, the pastor was just one of the best preachers I've ever sat under, and it clarified the gospel, it pointed us to Christ, it called us to godly living, and we just began to live that out. Even while we're in law school, started a Bible study with other law students there, other students were coming to Christ. And a lot of us basically dedicating or consecrating our law degrees to God. Wow. How powerful. Another, another like, aha moment, because that's a bunch of lawyers committing their, their practice. Right. So that's fabulous. So how did God so why, move Why does that surprise you, Martha? I know, right? <laughs> hey, now, we do have some no, no. very great lawyer friends. We've that, had criminal that... defense attorneys on there. <laughs> But, and that love Jesus because, and they say because Jesus was a criminal defense attorney. So it doesn't get any lower on the attorney totem pole than criminal defense attorney. So, and, and if so, so there are people that love Jesus in every profession across, uh, across the country. All right. So Amen. how did God move you from this law? What you're thinking, a law practice, you know, you, 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 you're, you didn't set out to be an author and a ministry leader. You set out to do law. How did God move you into ministry about relationships, restoring them and building them? And you've been doing this for 30-plus years. How did God move you from one direction to a completely other? Yeah, it was pretty pretty dramatic. About the end of my third year of law school, just a few weeks away from graduation, and I'd been clerking for law firms throughout law school. I was a professional engineer, so I was doing a products liability uh, testimony. But I'd been around the adversarial system quite a bit. Also, my father had been a district judge, so I knew the adversarial system from that. And I just began to realize that that living and breathing in that system was probably not going to be good for me. I'm very competitive by nature, struggle with pride, want to win. And I thought, if I spend the rest of my life as a trial attorney, I'm going to be insufferable. Uh, now, that's not to say that other attorneys can do that and do it well, but I knew in my case it would not be good. So I would just really feel like I may have wasted three years uh, going to law school. I was thinking of going on to seminary or, or something else. And just a few weeks before graduation, um, my pastor was preaching out of Philippians 1 about Paul being in chains for Christ. And the thrust of the message was, anytime we are in chains, uh, a situation that we would like to change but seem unable to at the moment, Anytime we're in that kind of situation, we can either curse our chains or we can consecrate our chains. And to consecrate means to dedicate something wholly to God. And that sermon just hit me between the eyes. I realized I was grumbling and unhappy about my law degree, thinking I made a mistake, that God had led me down the wrong path. And I just was deeply convicted. So after the worship service was over, uh, when I we just come back, to we're gonna. When we come back, we're gonna hear what happened after that worship service. As we talk with Ken Sandy today, he's the founder of Peacemaker Ministries and Relational Wisdom 360. Check him out online, rw360.org. That's Relational Wisdom 360. Ken, right before the break, you were talking about how right after a worship service, you started going forward, and then I stopped you so I could keep people waiting. Okay, so what? <laughs> what's the rest of the story? Good break. Well, I went up. I just got down on my knees. I just confessed to the Lord. I had a bad attitude. I wasn't trusting Him. And as of that moment, I said, God, I'm consecrating my law degree to you. And I'm just going to be the best attorney I can be. And you use me wherever you want to take me. And I had a, had a great job offer with a federal judge for a year of clerkship. And then a, a good law firm had offered me a job after that. So I just assumed that was where I was going to be. 
And I, as I went home, I just felt this incredible joy, this huge weight that lifted off my shoulders as I just trusted God with my career. And about three hours later, a guy called me named Lori X, who's working with Christian Legal Society, and they were just launching a new ministry called Christian Conciliation, Biblical Mediation and Arbitration. And he was coming out to Missoula, where I was in school, and he said, uh, I'll be out there for a few days, can you drive me around? And I said, well, I'll be happy to, but, you know, A, how'd you get my name? And B, what, what's this Christian conciliation idea? So he told me he got my name off the list of the law students at the law school, and he described Christian conciliation to me, and the minute he described it, my heart leaped, and I knew that's what I wanted to spend the rest of my life doing. So about three hours after I consecrated my law degree, my career, to God, he gave me the ministry of my life. Wow. So, and I don't know, I, I didn't study all of your bio to see if Peacemaker was the first book that you ever wrote, but you wrote Peacemaker years ago, and it has wide-ranging application in all places of life, from home to church to the office. It's really what you're famous for. Why did you write it? <laughs> My board of directors forced me. Uh, they, they had urged me for two or three years to write it, and I said, I'm not a writer, I'm an engineer, I'm a lawyer, <laughs> I can't write a book. And finally, one of them, a good friend named John Hughes, just came to one of the board meetings and says, I make a motion that we require Ken to write a book, all in favor, I. <laughs> and that was that. So they forced me. And I'm vote. so glad. I'm, I'm so <laughs> glad they did that, because that, that, book, uh, that book is really good evidence of an old Gaelic saying, God strikes straight blows with crooked sticks. Uh, I still don't consider myself an author. Uh, I'm not a great writer, and yet God somehow worked through this crooked stick to produce that book. And it's now had 17 translations, and there's over a half a million copies in uh, tra- in circulation. And how many how, how many copies have been printed total? So over a half a million. There's 500,000 plus. That's a pretty good book. When you, when you figure that, you know, that was, you know, you had to do it under duress, but you still, I mean, that's yep. incredible. That's what shows the power of God in that. So I'm curious, really, did that. It's, it's, it's over 20 years old now. I mean, yeah. almost wow, 25 years. But that means it must have been completely based on truth or it wouldn't be relevant today. And I, and I know that it is very relevant still today. So was the. Book, the basis of the book, did it come out of your time with Christian Conciliation then? Is that where um, God stirred up this whole the peacemaker concept? Absolutely. And it, and, and you're right, Marthy. It's, uh, we're just very committed to being just very biblical. It's one of the reasons it's, it's a book that's used across the denominational spectrum as well. Mm-hmm. And it stood the test of time. I, I, in fact, it's now uh, 27 years since that book came out. Wow. And the, it, was, it wasn't any planning or brilliance on my part. God just led me to write it in a way, using examples and illustration that, that are pretty much timeless. You know, I, I wasn't even thinking about how, how bad it would be to write really, you know, time-sensitive, uh, chronological type things. So it just keeps, it's like the Everready Bunny, it just keeps going and going. That's fabulous. Well, <laughs> and if you can only imagine how many um, relationships it has helped that's the exponential part because for every book read, there's probably two people involved in just that piece. Make you know if it impacted them and changed how they address life. Mm. All right. Yeah. So if we were to yeah. ask your if we were going to ask your wife Corlette, uh, she's a wife of yours for over thirty years, about your ability to keep peace at home to be a peacemaker. <laughs> would she say you put your money where your mouth 
has been going? I, I think she would say most of the time, and especially now after many years of God's grace working in me, um, you know, in the early years of our marriage, we had some very interesting conflicts because I'm a lawyer, so I, I've got all these adversarial skills. Corlette was a second grade teacher, so she has the voice. She could control 20 kids with the tone of her voice. And we never yelled or screamed, but we had what we would call intense conversations. But God kept working in us and transforming us. And I think we are in a wonderful season today after 33 years of marriage. Rarely uh, do we have any kind of conflict at all. God has just continued. But I would have to say it's not just peacemaking. That helps you resolve conflict. What's really helped us over the last several years is this new concept, relational wisdom, which has helped us to get upstream of conflict and actually avoid many of the conflicts where you'd have to do peacemaking. So let's talk about that. that. Was a great segue, by the way, fantastic segue. As we talk about, as we talk today with Ken Sandy from Relational Wisdom three hundred and sixty rw three hundred and sixty dot rw three hundred and sixty The Lord moved you into this relational training. What is? Just explain what is relational wisdom three hundred and sixty. Uh, what it is, it's, it's sort of like for those readers who are a little bit older, it's like going from Microsoft DOS to Windows, or OS 1 to OS 11, if you've got a Mac, it's an upgrade, basically, of the previous Peacemaking material. It includes all the Peacemaking content in the Peacemaker, but it adds a great deal more content on relational skills, building relational skills, um, empathy, reading body language, communication skills, managing uh, emotions in such a way to prevent conflict. There's so many conflicts that we were just using the, the senses and a good instinct and, and brain God gives us, we wouldn't even get into those conflicts. And so relational wisdom, uh, another way to describe it, Jim, is a lot of people are familiar with a concept now called emotional intelligence. It's being taught in a lot of organizations, even seminaries now, and it's basically the ability to identify and manage your own emotions and identify the emotions of other people and, and relate to them in a, in a constructive way. So I call relational wisdom a God-centered, biblically grounded, gospel-driven form of emotional intelligence. Say that again. God-centered, biblically grounded, biblically grounded, gospel-driven form of emotional intelligence. It's, our tagline is it's going beyond emotional intelligence. Okay. Okay. Wonderful. That's fantastic. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So and, and let me just. Jill, let me just say this. If anybody, you know, some people shy away from psychology sounding terms like emotional intelligence and emotions and things like that. And I, I just want to really adamantly say right now, God is the one who designed the human brain. Neurology is in us by God's design. The ability to understand our neurology and psychology in our brains work, that's the study of something God designed. And even the study of emotions and management of emotions, those are God-given attributes to us as image bearers. So Christians, in my opinion, should be the most avid studies of the students of the human brain, including human emotions. Well, and that's really where I was going to go next, is as Christ followers, you get you got a lot of people listening today, and they're, the reason they're tuning in is they've got a workplace. It could be anything. It could be a used car salesperson, a, a CEO of an organization. They could be a ditch digger, a lineman. They could be a teacher. They could be a stay-at-home mom. Whatever their workplace is, whatever that looks like, they need to understand the significance of relationships because, as I said in my opening 
sort of monologue is that I believe that relationships are the key to us being able to transfer our or to share our faith so that people could see Jesus in us. But it's usually through relationship that that happens. Why do you think, as the Lord moved you from Peacemaker to Relational Wisdom 360, which is Peacemaker Plus, Peacemaker on steroids, why is it so key that the Christ follower understand this? What's the bottom line on it? Well, when Jesus was asked, you know, what is the greatest commandment? summarize all of what the Bible teaches as simply as possible, his answer was, love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, strength, and soul, love your neighbors yourself. And if he had to reduce that down to one word, and he couldn't use the word love, that word would be relationship. Our relationship with God and our relationship with other people is the sum and the essence of the law of God and the gospel itself. So relationship is everything to God. And even that he presents himself to us in the Trinity, this eternal, perfect relationship, and we are made in his image to have relationship. So how, I mean, have you ever played, had time to play with this, this whole relational wisdom 360 in a workplace somewhere? Oh, all the time. That's a, a lot of our work, a lot of our training is done in the workplace. Uh, frankly, that's where most people have most of their relational activity during the week. They get up in the morning and kiss their spouse goodbye and head to the office and spend the next eight, nine hours with a lot of other people. And so the workplace is the prime place where we actually, many people anyway, live out uh, relationships. Now, I know it's a Tuesday show, and Martha and I talk a lot about marriage and relationships. Today, we're turning it to all of your relationships. Because as I said in the opening monologue, and if you missed it today, you really need to go back and listen to it, <laughs> is that it's all about relationships. Jesus said, love God, love people. And, and he said, and he showed us and demonstrated the value of relationships because he had relationships, really tight relationships with 12 guys, 11 of which were left after he rose from the dead. And those 11 guys who were very average guys before Jesus <laughs> turned out to change the world that we live in today. There are billions of people alive today who love Jesus because of 11 guys who had a relationship with our Heavenly Father. So how do we get our relationships better? How do we strengthen them? How do we make sure that we're doing this in a biblical fashion? Well, we've got Ken Sandy on the line today. He's from Relational Wisdom 360. You can find him online at rw360.org. That's rw360.org. Relational Wisdom 360. All right, Ken Sandy, welcome back to I Work For Him. Thank you so much, Jim. Glad to be here. Okay, so you mentioned something on the off moments that you've got some really exciting news. We haven't even talked about the, the super duperness of RW360, but you've got something you're rolling out to the I Work For Him audience right when this is going on the air today here in Florida and across the country. That's right, Jim. We are just about to launch a new smartphone app and it's going to go up uh, probably in about 30 minutes. We're, it's still There's still some tweaking we're doing on it, obviously. But all of the key content that uh, we teach in our 30-hour online course is summarized in this app. And one of the things it's designed for is to make it easy for Christians to share these concepts with coworkers in the workplace, um, to just find ways to trigger a conversation and uh, of course, many organizations are teaching emotional intelligence anyway, so you can, that's where you could segue from. 
pull up the app on your smartphone or your tablet and say, well, let me show you sort of another variation of, of uh, emotional intelligence I've been using. It's really made a big change in my life. And you can actually walk them through the basic structure of relational wisdom. You can walk them through the basic acrostics we teach. And shortly, probably, oh, this is going to take probably another week, we will have also on the app what we call our values-based version of our paradigm, and that is something specifically designed for the secular workplace. So we go into typically a a Christian-owned business where the owner wants to present the principles of relational wisdom to his staff, but he knows he can't overtly proselytize. So we can present all the basic skills of relational wisdom in a, uh, a way that's not distinctively religious, uh, and people can learn the skills, the emotional intelligence, reading body language, communicating effectively. But there's also lots of little links that will be built into it to slide them over to the biblically-based one, the faith-based one. We're going to say, you know, if you like this, there's something even better to click this button. And we want to make it where people can find a way over to the faith-based material, encounter the gospel, encounter Jesus, and come to Christ. And that's the end game. The skills are nice for this life, but Jesus is the answer to the next life and eternity. So all of this is ultimately designed not only to improve the skills of people in the workplace, but to help people come to know Christ. So ideally, the people that would be using this app are ones where your program has been brought into the workplace. Is that correct? Well, that would be a, that would be a great way to do it. But it, it, it's going to be designed where you could. In fact, one thing we've designed, Martha, we've got now a, a water bottle. It's a it's a very striking water bottle, uh, flat black, our logo and big letters on it, and we're selling it to people so they can put it on their desk in the office. And someone comes by, you, you just can't help but notice it. Say, what's that? Relational Wisdom Tree Sixty. Oh, I'm glad you asked. Could I take you out for lunch this afternoon? And so you can initiate this conversation completely cold turkey. Take someone out to lunch, and especially if you see a coworker who's struggling with relationships, either with coworkers or you pick up on the fact there's troubles at home with his family, ask him out to lunch. Go out and start talking to him or her about these principles. You can start off with the values-based app if you, the person is, is not a believer. Show them the skills, help them to see some of these things, and then you can work in your personal testimony to say, you know, these skills are great, but to be honest, Try as I might, I can never learn how to consistently do these things day after day. I just kept falling back on my own habits, but something really dramatic changed my life a few years ago. Can I share with you what that is? And if they say, yeah, I'd like to hear this, well, let me show you another version of that app, and that's where you go to the other one that brings God into it, brings the gospel into it. And so we got a lot of people that are going, they're going, Jim, this is starting to sound like an infomercial and I don't, because nobody's telling us anything specific. I want to give you a chance, Ken Sandy, to really give people just a little taste of the meat that they'll find when they get involved with relationship with, with relational wisdom, 360, rw360.org, because they're going, okay, I know I could use to be better in my relationships. I understand that uh, I've got some rough edges. What are some of the things that I'm going to learn? Because this this whole thing is going to help really transform people's attitudes, not only towards others, but towards themselves, isn't it? Absolutely. Uh, I mean, just think of the better friendship, better relationships with coworkers, uh, going home and having a more pleasant evening with your spouse and children. In fact, there's a, there's a, a blog on our website that uh, is an accumulation of a lot of studies now that when employers 
invest in teaching these kinds of relational skills to their staff, the return on investment in terms of reduced staff turnover, more effective teamwork, higher productivity, more creative creativity, the return on investment is measured anywhere from $1.50 to $6.50 for every dollar invested in the training. So if, a, if an employer invests $5,000 training his staff in these principles, he's going to get a return of anywhere from $750 to $30,000 and increase bottom line profitability at the end of the year simply by teaching these kinds of relational skills. Well, that's because of connection. I mean, you, you're talking about building a connection culture there because of relationships, and that's another buzzword in today's, today's world, this, this whole idea that people, when they connect to others, when they have relationships with others, that it, it deepens the bond. It also increase, it, it just touches everything because each one of us deeply desires relationships with other human beings. And then of course, we all have that innate desire for a relationship with our Heavenly Father, which is why we're on the air. Because we want Christ followers to live out their faith vibrantly in their workplace so that others will be attracted to Jesus. So, Ken, when they, Ken Sandy, from Relational Wisdom 360, find them online, rw360.org. When they describe the course, like if somebody signs on, and, and I know the website is academy.rw360.org, what are they going to Describe the course a little bit for us, if you would. Yeah. The online course is an interactive uh, online course. It uses short teaching videos, average about nine minutes of teaching. Then there's the multiple choice questions, short essay questions, a demonstration video, typically a really high-quality Hollywood film clip with people like Russell Crowe and Liam Neeson and Renee Zellinger. I mean, outstanding, gifted actors and actresses that are, are, are really living these things out in high-quality video clips. And then you have some evaluation of those clips. You know, what did you notice? What could you do differently? How did this impact people around them? Where basically the teaching video presents the ideas. It's sort of a cognitive thing. Here's some information. But it's the watching the video, the demonstration videos. It's working through the multiple choice. It's answering those essay questions. That's what works it into your life. That's where you get the effective. It, it, it's changing your values, your emotions, you're embracing, you're motivated to do this thing, and your behavioral, you're learning new skills that actually start being a consistent part of your life. So it's got 20 lessons in the course. Uh, each of them has that content, teaching videos, demonstration videos. Uh, there's also Bible study. We want to get people into the Word to see that this is not a human idea. This is right out of God's Word. And then there's uh, five short articles or blogs in each lesson that apply these concepts to marriage, parenting, workplace, missions, church planting, uh, conflict resolution. So you can dig in very deeply to whatever area or issue is most important in your life at that given time. So for an organization, if they were doing this with um, a group of of employees, the 20 lessons, are they done like... What do you suggest once a week? How often are they getting together and how much time is involved? We generally suggest trying to do one lesson a week just to maintain momentum. Mm -hmm. And there's a number of ways to do it. Some We've got a lot of Christian schools, for example, that are using this. And one way to do it is for the headmaster of the school to uh, sign up for the course. And then we work out a special fee arrangement where he can show that videos, basically bring the staff together for 30, 45 minutes and actually go through the video, talk about some of the questions, wrestle with some of the issues, how they apply in that particular school setting. 
So that's by bringing everyone together and actually doing the teaching and conversation in a live setting once a week. That's one way. The other way in a workplace is to buy your all of your employees a seat at the table, so to speak, a pass to the online course, and we get discounts for larger groups. And they can study interactively at their convenience. So they could do it, and they could do this either voluntarily, on their own time. It's simply a perk that the employer offers to people who want to take advantage of it, and they can do it on their own time. Or the employer can say, you can take up to 30, 45 minutes a day to, or a week to do this on company time if you want to. And the course is interactive. So let's say the staff at your, your organization wanted to do this together. You could have five or ten people sign up for a group. And as you go through it and you're writing your essay questions, your answers are being shared with your coworkers. You can pose questions to each other. You can say, well, how would this concept have prevented that big relational problem we had a year ago when we had to fire so-and-so? Right. And it's very interactive. So it, it's real time. It's relevant to real issues in life. Wow. That, I mean, it just seems like such a, a, a super valuable tool that any organization can use. What you're talking, what was, when you said you brought it into schools, um, are, are, how young are the kids that you're teaching us to? <laughs> we, we had one family, it was a homeschool family with 10 kids. And the youngest one that was watching the videos with his mother, I think, was seven or eight. Um, there was other, I think there was a 10-year-old who had his own course. He was online watching the videos, giving his own answers. And I was really impressed how much a 10-year-old was grasping these concepts, the answers that he was giving to these questions. And what makes that especially remarkable is, Here's a 10-year-old taking a course, and yet it's being used at the master's level in some of the finest seminaries in the country. So master's level pastors are getting a lot of meat out of it. A 10-year-old can get a lot out of it. That's like the Bible. That's uh, right. A young person can read the Bible, and there's, there's wisdom there he can grasp at, at 10 years of age. But, so when we come back, we're going to dig into some of that wisdom. We've got Ken Sandy on the line from Relational Wisdom 360, rw360.org, rw360.org, or rw360 in the App Store. Ken Sandy, as we talk about relational wisdom, I really want to talk. You've got this new app coming out here sometime today. This is an app that people can walk others through and introduce them to the whole concept. Is that what it is? That's exactly it. It's right there in your smartphone. You can sit down and all the key principles are available for you to show to someone else. Okay. But really the, the power in all of this is your online training right on rw360.org. Why don't you talk about that, the academy, uh, and, and how that's, I mean, that's really where you'd love to drive people to. It really is. You know, I think of what D.L. Moody said uh, decades ago. He said, Christians leak, and we do. We can hear a great sermon on Sunday and be all inspired, but by Monday morning we've forgotten 90% of it, and it's sad. It just doesn't really carry into our lives. So we developed the online course basically to just allow Christians to work the, the yeast of God's Word, these principles, deeply into their lives. And so the 20 lessons, interactive lessons, you can do it on your smartphone, your tablet, or your computer, uh, and you can do it with a group, you can do it with your spouse, you can take your kids through it, your ministry staff, whatever. Uh, as you work through these things together and start weaving them into your workplace culture, you change the culture of an organization. 
and you have people building more and more social capital investments and relationships with each other, it just makes whether it's a church, a ministry, a business, or a home a more pleasant, a more productive, a more Christ-honoring place to, to live and work. It's just such a win-win because, again, what you what you said earlier on in the show was the fact that The Peacemaker, the book that you originally wrote, was to help people with that conflict resolution. But now you're at a place of teaching people how to avoid conflict and with and hopefully not need the peacemaking process unless that something is really, you know, needs to be addressed. But um, so this can apply in people's workplaces, in their homes, um, in these environments where we may not know how to work well together and avoid those conflicts. So what a win-win for the employer, the employees. You want to be there. It's a better place to work. Um, what There's nothing to lose. Well, I, I encourage our audience to check out rw360.org, Relational Wisdom 360 online, rw 360 dot o-r-g now we're going to give away a copy of ken sandy's uh, one of his one of his books we've got one right here resolving everyday conflict he wrote along with kevin johnson resolving everyday conflict not like any of us have any conflict whether we're in our workplaces in our home in our neighborhood in our church nobody's got any conflict but in case you're one of those rare people that does have conflict <laughs> we'd like to give you a copy of this book call the i work for him listener line at 866-713-9675 866-713-WORK and uh, leave us a message and Martha will get back to you. We just got one copy to give away today. Ken, I I wanted to make sure I gave that away. I want to direct people to your website because that's where they're going to find out so much information. But one of the things I noticed, Ken Sandy, on your website was you and Relational Wisdom 360, you guys have worked with a ton of organizations across the gamut of types and styles. But I noticed one name in there we've had right here on I Work For Him, Convene, with CEO Greg Leith. I got a chance to talk to Greg Leith uh, via email and say, Greg, can you call in and talk to us about the impact of uh, Relational Wisdom 360? He goes, I'm on vacation, but I'll tell you this. These guys have made a huge impact on our organization, and we love Ken Sandy and Relational Wisdom 360. Mm. So there you go. Great plug. That was a great well, plug. Thank you. <laughs> great That's testimony so more than so anything. What, what, was, what does that look like? What what are you what are you doing for the convene members? Well, uh, we're speaking at a lot of their gathering courses. You know, they come together regularly with the leaders of different organizations, just looking for ways to improve the way they manage their organizations to the glory of God and consistent with His Word. So we will go in and often do a three hour training for some of those gatherings, and then there's there's quite a bit of interaction with those CEOs afterwards. They'll call us up and say, well, I want to bring this in. How do I teach this? How do I apply it? Sometimes they're saying, I've got a specific relational issue right now that I'm really struggling with. Can you give me some advice on how to deal with it? Mm-hmm. So we, we do a lot of consulting, and we'll even do some mediation. We're, we're called in. We've got uh, trained and certified mediators. Uh, no matter how good we get at relational wisdom, there's still, we live in a fallen world, there will be conflict. And that's why we still teach all the peacemaking principles as part of the Relational Wisdom online course. You still learn all those peacemaking principles, but hopefully you're using them a lot less because you're preventing conflicts as you build stronger relationships. Ken Sandy from Relational Wisdom 360, as we talk about your course, this rw360.org, everything can be found out on that website. Here's my question. You have, God has put you in this relational world since the day you committed your whole law degree to him and say, God, I'll do with it whatever you want me to do. 
talk to me about how this gives you a, a, a just the ability to see the brokenness of our world and the desperate need for Jesus as you train this stuff. Well, just probably the most poignant example to me, Jim, is I've, I've handled over 600 divorce mediations. And by God's grace, half of those reconciled, some, some the day before the final decree was going to be issued. And I thank God for that, to see that those families did not have to go through the turmoil of, of divorce, especially the kids. But half of those cases did not reconcile. And it just breaks my heart to see families that at one point were a husband and wife were the closest, uh, most committed to each other of anyone in the world are suddenly just hard-hearted enemies. And that things don't get there overnight. There's a slow decline. And this is where we're trying to work with churches to teach more of these relational skills up front early on, even in premarital counseling, so that they can be worked into a marriage relationship right from the beginning. Um, we've also seen a lot of businesses, very close business partners, work together for years, and they have a falling out, and they're suddenly involved in a lawsuit against each other. They're bitter. They're witnessed. You know, they've got non-Christian employees that know what's going on between the two partners, and they're thinking, boy, if that's what Christianity is all about, you bunch of hypocrites. So the witness of unresolved conflict to the people watching us it can be very detrimental. But the flip side is true, when they see us living out these principles, forgiving, repenting, changing, negotiating good agreements with each other that are win-win, people say, wow, where'd you learn to do that? I'd like to learn to do that in my life. And that's our witness. So not only does this apply in the workplace, it applies in your home, it can apply in your marriage, it can apply in your parenting, certainly in the conflicts between parents and teenagers, right? Uh, at every level, whether they're teenagers or two-year-olds, uh, they, they still have the potential to uh, trigger conflict. And we were teaching this. My wife developed the whole curriculum called the Young Peacemaker that we were teaching to our kids when they were three years old. Um, we don't advertise it that young, but since she wrote it, she wanted to make sure our kids were doing it. And <laughs> well, I, it's just I wanna... amazing. We, we, we homeschooled our kids, and Corlette said she, she knows she would not have survived if she hadn't had all that peacemaking material that both she and the kids were applying. Sure. I think it's really important for our listeners to know they can find out all kinds of things about Relational Wisdom 360 on the website, rw360.org, rw360.org, or in the App Store later today, Look for RW360. Well, and Ken, you brought up your kids when they were three. Your wife was using this stuff, but now your kids have kids. You know, and it's a, there's a lot of pressure on kids who get married whose parents have been experts in peacemaking and marriage relationship building <laughs> and repairing. How much did your kids gain from you as they were living at home watching that go on in the last couple of minutes of the show? Talk about the impact of your career on your children. Well, I hope and pray it's been positive, Jim. I guess one testimony is both of my kids, who are now married, they're young adults, work for me. They're, they're working in this ministry. My son is our director of training and marketing. My daughter is our data specialist. And they are so excited and committed to these principles. This is where they want to put their vocational time. And they also are living it out at home with their kids. We've got three, three grandchildren. We see our, our children turning right around and engaging them the way they were engaged at that age as well. And uh, that, that is just as thrilling as anything can be to see your children embrace your values and, and begin to live them out and pass them on to the next generation. Mm. That's an encouragement because they they saw it firsthand and um, w- 
embraced it as their way of life and they're carrying that on. So thank you for sharing that. All right. In the 30 seconds we got left, Ken Sandy from Relational Wisdom 360, what do you want to tell our audience? Just that relationships are the most important thing in life. When you get to the end of your life, you're not going to ask to see your stock portfolio again. You're going to want to have your family and your friends there. And a lot of people realize that too late. So make relationships your priority today. Uh, you'll enjoy life more. And the fact is you'll probably have a much more profitable company too because we're designed for relationship in every aspect of our lives. Amen. And one more important fact I forgot to bring up is that you can bring this training, this Relational Wisdom 360 training, right on location anywhere in the country. Right? That's right. We have lots. We have about 35 certified instructors and our staff as well. We travel all around the world actually doing live seminars, typically one full day. That's fantastic. Ken Sandy with Relational Wisdom 360. Thanks for being on I Work for him today. Thanks so much, Mark and Jim, for having me here. God bless you all. Make sure you check out Ken Sandy on his website, rw360.org, rw360.org, or in the App Store, rw360. You've been listening to I Work For Him with your host, Jim and Martha Brangenberg. We're Christ followers. Our workplace, it's our mission field, but ultimately, I, I work, work for him. him.